take two men that happen to be cousins who share a common codependency on movies, put them in a room, and tell them to talk about anything film-related. The result? A corpulent cornucopia of cinematic scrutiny we call The Finleys on Film. I'm doing well. I've got a cold, so but suboptimal in that sense. But other than that, I'm doing okay. How about you? I'm all right. Um, tell me about your um, interest ever in <laughs> what you tell me. What you want? What you really, really want? The JFK assassination. If you want to be my killer, no, back it up. Okay, back it up. We're Actually, what? Back it up to your interest in um, this is something we talked about recently, but it was we just sort of went uh, we swung wild. So mm-hmm. take it back to like the 1970s when we were kids okay. into like our teenagers in the 80s. Right. So up until like 1989, let's say, mm-hmm. what would you say are the primary um, conspiracies that you were? interested in like did you ever have any interest in the moon, no, moon landing not a one no no i freaking thought the moon landing i, I love the moon landing from the standpoint of i believe in the moon landing so that it happened so mm-hmm. and they said i'm still on that right there yeah. the first i swear to god the actual first my first awareness of the wider world of conspiracy happened as a result of a movie called flashpoint what is Flashpoint? Flashpoint, uh, Chris Christopherson is in it. This guy plays a, uh, oddly enough, it's a JFK mm-hmm. assassination theory thing. Mm-hmm. And this guy plays, uh, he's uh, like um, like a border border patrol guy. And yeah. he comes across this Jeep that right around 1963 was going across and got flooded, was going across the Mexican border. But before it did, it got flooded out. And they found a lot of money. Right. And they found a rifle in it. And the moment they, they found this thing, suddenly uh, the FBI is like all over the area there. So that was the movie. It was pretty good. I mean, it was conspiracy theory stuff. And I had no fucking I, I really was not aware of that stuff and so mm-hmm. I brought it up to Pops and you know they, 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 uh, we what's had that your conversation. dad's uh, this JFK your... thing was totally a fucking it's totally and I have to agree I think I, the more the more, I, With the what? more I have looked at it over the years the more it's like it was a mob hit that's my suspicion is that there was a lot of oh, mob, so you there was do, a lot you of do think involved. that that uh, 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 Lee Harvey Oswald was a was a patsy. Yeah, pretty much. Again, again, the number of bullets, the accuracy uh, that uh, within which they were fired, and it just doesn't seem plausible for one person to pull it off. Mm. Just doesn't. Um, the moon landing. Uh, to get back to that one, um, one of the things I recently learned about that was um, the. Trajectory uh, or the parallel nature of shadows. Apparently, I've, I've like seen, I've seen some of that. Stuff. Some of the stuff about like how the sun being so powerful and so far away can create parallel shadows mm-hmm. with with things. But but anything closer than that in a studio, you'd have to use laser lights, mm-hmm. which they just didn't really have for right. the most part, and they were only red. And they'd have to have ten thousand of them, mm-hmm. and so it was just like an impossible feat to to create photographs that had the parallel right. shadows that um, right. were produced by. That. And Neil deGrasse Tyson himself has come out and said, like you, the technology simply didn't exist to be able to pull off. He said the it. Amount and the of person fakery. fell asleep. The person woke up and he was <laughs> his, taking their pants off. His asshole was yay big. It was amazing. <laughs> no, I'm just. Uh, no, I'm no, sorry. And, I, and, why, and why would he lie? Why would he specifically lie about that? Well, say, say it one more time because I, I apologize. I wasn't really listening. Neil, he, Neil, he, I listened to Neil deGrasse Tyson talking yeah, yeah. on this subject, and he said basically the technology to pull it off as well as it was pulled off. Mm-hmm. If it were a fake, that technology simply didn't exist during the time period when they were doing that. So. Yeah. 
And I, and again, why would he lie? Why well, he I don't specifically would he No, lie? no, no. I don't I don't think that anyone would well, some people might think that oh, he would do. Lie. Yeah, absolutely. But, but but also like he could just be wrong. <laughs> is the question. Well, I mean, maybe maybe that's entirely possible. Yeah. Uh, I, I will grant that. But the good news is what I like about him is is he would also he would also posit that and say, maybe I'm wrong. He would say that. The mm-hmm. people who think that the moon landing simply did not exist are beyond admitting the possibility that they're wrong on that. I just don't, you know, I, 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 you know, I, I don't trust yeah. the, I, I trust, I trust somebody who's skeptical about everything, including how, how correct they are. Those are the people sure. I tend to trust more yeah. than I do. And it's somebody, I, uh, f- uh, somebody who doesn't have that, that logical possibility of doubt is a fanatic and I got no time for that. Do really. you, do you think that, uh, uh, People who subscribe to conspiracy theories tend to be more ideological. If we define ideology as a sort of um, um, a conditioning of one's personality for display, I don't know. I mean, is is mm, you know what I'm oh, saying? Like to, to to be a liberal or to be conservative can be so ideologically bound for someone, for instance, that they're just incapable of understanding. A, a conservative or liberal point right. of view if it doesn't fit in their, their sort of labeling and so that somebody can build themselves up to be a conspiracy theorist, i.e. smarter than the average person, able to sort of see behind the scenes, and trying to, wake try, up sheeple. Right, and trying to and trying to be perceived as outside of the liberal slash conservative paradigm. Uh-huh. No, I think they're simply living in another paradigm there. They're, they're, they're simply a third option right there. No, no, Not, not conservative, not liberal, but, but basically people who have well, sort of fetishized the notion of being more right than everybody no, that's that, that's it's exactly what I was actually saying. I'm not saying I'm not saying they are more liberal or conservative. I'm I'm using liberal or conservative as examples. Oh of, no, and I'm saying and I'm agreeing. I think yes. I think the yeah. the answer to your question is yes. I think that's exactly what they are. Yeah. They're their own, you know, they're their own ideology at this point. Yeah. And they're and and I hate to say this, but I think a lot of their ideology has gone towards getting us exactly where we are today. Yeah. Well, I think that uh, the, the ideology of distrust of fundamental, the, like the fundamental possibility of truth, is has become like a problem. Well, it's a, a sort of postmodernism, right? Or like some yeah. some some people are fond of calling it like a Marxist or postmodern. But I don't know that that's exclusive to well, postmodernism the, or Marxism. Yeah, here's the problem with postmodernism: is when you give when postmodernism falls into the hands of basically as a tool. It's a tool. Mm-hmm. Well, postmodernism is a tool for understanding the world, and it's a thought experiment tool. If it's anything yeah. else, it's with the moment it falls into the hands, of, yeah, and the moment it falls into the hands of the uneducated, who are the terminally stupid, and let's just be honest, there are those people out there. Mm-hmm. You're that's that's fucking that's seriously dangerous ammunition. I don't I don't even see, I think one of the places where it's it's um, it's become corrupted is um, is schools. Is colleges oh, actually? Yes. So I don't know that it's actually in the hands of the stupid. Not to say that there aren't stupid people <laughs> teaching college. There certainly could be, but right. but but um, I don't know that it's stupid or nefarious. By the way, I think that that they themselves are part of an ideology, mm-hmm, which sure. isn't even necessarily sort of you know someone who's who's um, kind of part of a, a constant need for. Um, Social justice, for instance, one of many things. Like that can be one aspect, Don't right? Don't listen to this one. What's that? Don't let the ex girlfriend listen to this one. Uh, no, 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 no. I mean, that's a 
pretty specific reference there, Tommy. It kind but of is all right. Never mind. Never, <laughs> let's move on. Here. No, no, no. But that's okay. I mean, <coughs> I mean, you're saying. I mean, because we know people who are interested in social justice. But I'm not oh, even. Yeah. But I'm not even talking about an interest in social. I mean, I'm interested in social justice, of course, to some degree. It's, it's, how would you be a human being and not be interested in social justice? Of right. course you are. But I mean, it, it also has the possibility of becoming its own I- ideology, right? So oh, you're yeah. framed constantly more, in the... In more the, to the point of its own dogma, I would say. Well, that's 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 what I'm kind of saying. I'm suggesting that ideology and dogma are are almost synonymous. N- not not related, but like synonymous almost. Like to be an ideologue is to be in dogma constantly. It's to it's to be mm-hmm. un- unable to retract yourself from dogma because to retract yourself from dogma is to retract yourself from you the, the characteristic your, that you've put out there. You'd have to go change your business cards. Yeah. Yeah. No. <laughs> yeah. No. No. I mean, I know you're joking, but you're kind of you're making a good point there. So, wow. So yeah, this is that's that's the point I was getting at to begin with. So, there is no, so I guess that begs the question: Is there an, is there a potential escape? Is there is there an escape from dogma? Well, because as humans, there's a couple of things happening here. It's sort of like the way out is information. Yeah. But but what if information is getting corrupted and and weirdly it becomes its <laughs> here here we enter a new conspiracy theory, but it's like. <laughs> But like information gets corrupted um, in the service of ideology slash dogma, sure. and it gets corrupted on behalf of like public servants and educators. It gets uh, uh, corrupted um, uh, by corporations who are running the news, mm-hmm. all for different sort of reasons. Right. Some of them are sort of seen as like a humanist reason, but although they're misguided. Some are just using mm-hmm. you know capitalists to sort of drive whatever it is. But it's like <coughs> now the problem is. We've always had conspiracy theories, mm. but now it's like there's no, it's difficult to turn, to know where to turn for information. It's the first time I've been teaching for 20 years. It's the first time where I've heard teachers <coughs> um, I respect mm. in private conversation saying, I don't, I'm not sure where to get sources anymore. Oh, uh, yeah. And the thing is, we teach where to get sources. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, and, 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 it, and it has been up until this point, you've had, like, there are, there are libraries of things that you as a teacher, as an educator, have access to. There's organizations that suss out. We, we subscribe to things. Right. And but so how much do you trust them after? Well, I don't, I don't have I an, guess it, yeah, okay. an active distrust. And I mean, there's still a sort of, it's not too terrible because there's so many of them and so many of them seem to be so good. But, <laughs> but what's weird about it is the ones that seem like the best are the ones that aren't, aren't used as much. Uh, and that's kind of what makes them the best. And I don't mean that they're like sort of secret, like Joe Bob's basement, you know, production whoa. of information. I just mean like they're they're classic sources, but they're just sort of like they they lie below the level, or I'm sorry, below the surface. And and so it's sort of like they haven't had a chance to be corrupted yet. Right. What about now? But let me ask you this: as an educator, <laughs> this is so much. By the way, this is this conversation is so much better than the movie we're going to be talking about. <laughs> yeah. Fucking deserves, but yeah. okay. But let me ask you this: as an educator, how much of the? I mean, how much are you disabused from like approaching the dead white male sort of group of people as as source? Disabused from from a, what do you mean by approaching? Well, I mean like. There are they've been canon in Western education for oh. so long that mm-hmm. they're now sort of out of the, the, the I would imagine they're somewhat out of um, vogue. Ooh, that's a terrible. Yeah, use, I, I mean they're they're out of vogue, and and there's there are some good reasons for that. What's what's really strange though is that there's this other aspect to ideology that's that I think will push them. Um, 
back into use or are pushing them back into use undeservedly, actually, weirdly. And it's this, <laughs> is that now um, there's a push for everyone to only tell, quote unquote, their story. Mm. Meaning, so it's like, you know, if, if, um, if I have a colleague who's Hispanic, let's say, mm-hmm. and, uh, or Latinx, because there's no Latina, Latino anymore, it's Latinx. What? Oh, uh, let's talk about this. We're really. degendering language. I don't know what this is going. <laughs> what? Okay, Lang- go. Language needs to be degendered. There's no Latino or Latina that's Latinx. Right. Because <laughs> I don't know what to say. All right, go on. Go ahead. All right. No. So, so, so I have a Latinx, let's say, let's say, colleague. Who, Does this Latinx have a penis <laughs> or a vagina? Anyways, go on. Doesn't matter. Good. So, so it. This, this, let's say mm-hmm. that there's a Latinx colleague that I respect a lot. Nope. Um, who who will teach literature, let's say, at, at a nearby college or mm-hmm. something. And so let's say that we're in contact every once in a while. And this colleague who I respect says, I'm no longer using like uh, Maya Angelou, who I don't respect, by the way. I never liked Maya Angelou, but that's a side point. Yeah. And I say, well, I always thought you liked uh, Maya Angelou. And this Latinx professor says, that's not, quote unquote, my story to tell because I'm not African-American. Now, what's interesting is... That sort of misguided push now means, I guess then, I better start making only white guy writing lists. Because that's that's the only story I would have to tell. Right. Which weirdly is something I never wanted to do. I never liked the idea of like, let's get rid of all the the dead white guys because there's some really good stuff in there. Right, right, right. But neither do I want to only tell like, quote unquote, my story because that's also, I like the diversity of literature. Right. It's interesting. I learn, you know, I read Alice Walker, whoever, and it's like I learn more about life and the students see that I'm enthused by being hooked on something interesting, a diversified point of view, and they get hooked on it. Wow. But you know what I mean? That's it's weird, man. <laughs> yeah. and so you, so basically, you got to go back to like so you. But you can always bring up like ancient Greece or something like that, right? Well, I can do whatever I want to do. So that totally works. <laughs> yeah, of course. Okay. I can I can do whatever I want to do. I mean, I don't, I don't actually follow any of that that sort of stuff, and and I'm not. This isn't a requirement or anything. These are just things that people are doing. But it's sort of interesting, you know. You, you know, we're, we're fond of saying like, um, uh, I mean, it's old hat now to say like. Um, George Orwell could never have guessed that we would have volunteered to do it, and we point to our cell phones, but we're doing it in much more subtle ways, like making decisions to only, quote-unquote, tell my story. And it's like, the person who says, I'm only going to tell my story, or it's only my story to tell, I know that they have good motivations. They had a conversation inside their head about like access, and it was like, it was well-intended. Right. But it's bad. Right. It's Anyway, so all of that, I think, leads to... A real distrust, not Donald, not Donald Trump, fake news, or or liberals going Fox, faux news, none of that noise. Right. A, a serious distrust from thoughtful corners mm. and parties as to what constitutes a source or an expert. Right. I am having a problem. I'm still having. My brain is still stuck on the Latina. <laughs> <laughs> so at some point, I may find myself writing about the the, the Latinx had its period. Like now, I have to use its. Sure. Or no, no, there, there, uh, because that's the other thing. Because uh, plural and singular are going are becoming interchangeable. You just say they. So, for instance, plural and singular. Oh, gravy. Um, poetry magazine, which used to be a, a, a decent magazine, even if you didn't like poetry, you go like, well, it's a well-established, you know, nineteen twelve. It's it's like that in the New Yorker and like Atlantic magazine. Like, right. you could wasn't find... it like founded by Mencken or somebody like that? Poetry, I think Mary Moore, like well, in nineteen twelve. Right. But one of the big right. So, but you know, it's Carl Sandburg. It's all the great. 
Right. God, and I'd love to get Mankin in this day and age. Go on. Sure. <laughs> Lose his fucking mind. Lose their mind. <sighs> God. Uh, go on. Go on. H.L. H. Mankix. Uh, um, but, but Poetry Magazine has just gotten... I, it literally, I, I've gotten to the point where... Um, I don't. I would never want my work to appear in there, and I'm uh, being a hundred percent honest when I say that. I, it's so fucking. But well, this this month has, um, the the, the centerfold, if you will, is um, Yoko Ono. Oh gracious! That should tell you how bad okay. it's gotten, right? But awesome. if you go to the contributors um, sort of page on that, mm-hmm. um, at least fifty percent of the of the of the biographical sort of you know you get fifty words to show your biography, mm-hmm. will say the name and then say. Um, they have their using what one would consider like inappropriate plural pronoun for the single individual, but because those people are choosing, please refer to me as they, it, or their. Yeah. Yeah. Well, look, there's, I mean, some of it's just sort of innocuous, like just irritating. Who cares? Right. Some of it seems problematic because what am I going to do with languages that have like, you know, feminine and masculine? Mm-hmm. How, how much will I, I de gender? <coughs> It and right. all of it is serious at the level language when it gets to I don't understand what a source is anymore. Right, and this isn't even necessarily driven by like Marxist or postmodernists. Right, it's right. beyond that. Mm-hmm. Or social justice warriors. It's a it's a confluence of all these weird sort of things. Anyway, what this has to do with us today is I think because <laughs> we're having this conversation about. You know, we started off talking about what conspiracy theories. Well, because cons- you know. it's interesting. Like yeah. there are people who, most people are douches about conspiracies. There are some people who are thoughtful about conspiracies. Right. Certainly, some must exist. Of course, of course. And here's the other thing: I, I, I love conspiracy theories. I love yep. playing around in that field. I just, but here's where I know you, I know where people fall into trouble when they think having this conspiracy theory equates in some way to truth and or potential action. Once, once that starts becoming part of the equation, walk over the potential action. Keep it as a thought experiment. The moment you're, the moment you've moved it out of thought experiment and said this is true, you're 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 you're, you're necessarily implying that maybe you, something needs to be done about that. If you keep it as the thought experiment, you keep it in, in the the range of theory. I think we're, I think we're safe. But I've seen people get in trouble when they say when they start going like it's for sure true. And now because with the moment you do that. You're almost comp- you're you're being applied to action. Okay, well, uh, here's my it's a, it's a question, right? I'm not even, right. even arguing with you, but but my instincts, my antenna goes up and says, well, yeah. What's the problem with that? If if you thought something was true, what what what's your inherent distrust of the action part? Well, the the, the lack of if the, the lack of the of it working, Good the lack of being able to do anything about it. If JFK wasn't killed by you know was killed by uh, Lee Harvey Oswald, everything is everything is just a thought experiment until you start thinking that it isn't, and then and then who do you take on at that point? You gotta have some, you know, well, at that point. You know what I'm saying? Does well, that make sense? It makes sense, but it makes it, sense to me. It's, but it's it, that's not just pessimism. That's like, look, let's not open this box because we might find out something we we'll have to do something about, and we don't. I mean, that what won't I'm happen. Saying, we're never going to open that box. We're never uh, going to know the absolute truth about this. That simply isn't isn't going to happen. Hmm. What a weird thing to say. Like, why would you? Because I think the conspiracy is why? in place, and I think it's just good enough to keep us from ever having the actual truth. I mean, but that's why we investigate. I mean, that's... I mean, if we had a fucking time machine or something like that, and people go back in time, and uh, we use fucking you know mega awesome science fictiony shit, and we finally figured it the fuck out, then I'm all over that. When I was watching today's movie, I literally thought of all the different fun things I'd like to do, like um, 
uh, I'd like to wear um, a Vegas showgirls outfit and like trot alongside the the limousine <laughs> just before, just as he turns on the Elm Street. So it's a, it's a pruder, like, what is that strange man? Like all the different things. But then they thought, how cowardly I'd be because it's like, what if you got, what if you got winged? What if this triangulation is true and it's you know, <laughs> right? I, I have it wrong and you know, all those people go out to Daily Plaza today. There's an X. X is on Elm Street, exactly exactly where he's hit. They have right. an X in the middle of the street, and people take pictures on the X. So and, fucking weird. We've turned our death of a president into, into, a, into a tourist industry. If you do, if it went back in a time machine to November 23rd, mm-hmm. 1963, Louis C.K. would be doing a set about it. <laughs> I got Louis C.K. Yeah, nice. Well played, sir. Uh, all right, so we're talking about... Can we talk about the film? Oh, let's go to the film. Sorry, I mean, we just had to blather on. God damn, did we blather on. Sorry about that, folks. Let's just stop right now. Yeah, let's, <laughs> let's go. never talk about the film. <laughs> We're talking about 1973's. I just sorry. I just think it would be great if we never talked about it because then all these people would be like, "What happened? What? Was it erased? And uh, by whom?" My God. Okay. Oh, sorry. Shit. That would, oh, God damn it, John. That'd be amazing. <laughs> and then we fake our deaths. Yes. Only or I, we don't actually fake them. We actually out. do it. And then I finally get to the, the show I wanted. <laughs> it's uh, 1973's. Tom, go ahead. Oh, executive action! Executive action! Executive action! This is a film uh, I egg, th- egg, was egg. on your father's Memorex tape with um, Scorpio, <laughs> as I recall. Uh-huh. A, a guilty 1973, also 1973 <laughs> God, pleasure. Burt Lancaster. I saw that movie at the drive-in. Scorpio. Scorpio. Yeah, we were. I love that movie. We went out with my mom and watched that. Fuck yeah! Oh wow! Well, that's good memory. Okay, so <laughs> so executive action. Yep. So this is really just a conspiracy film it's, about the assassination of JFK. Exactly ten years numbers. after his the, his death. Go ahead. It's by the numbers. I mean, it really is a by the numbers sort of a movie. It's like it, it's almost purporting in itself to be a documentary, even though they started off by saying these things could have happened. Um, but no. yeah, it really it 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 sort of almost goes with the documentary style to it. It's. I could say, I call it by the numbers. Basically. Yeah, it's got that. You know, what's interesting is um, <coughs> it, it's almost like a film. I, I feel that was in terms of its production and direction. It's almost like a real director just kept handing it over once in a while to an assistant director. <laughs> like the quality wanes uh-huh. weirdly once yeah. in a while. So like it starts off with some pretty cool sort of like montage cinematography. Right. It integrates you know real footage with you know even even 1973 they were doing a bad job. As far, even the Deer Hunter in 1979, they were doing a bad job of integrating stock footage uh-huh. with, with real stuff. Right. And this film does a pretty damn good job of it. And they're, <laughs> they're careful about the way that they, they sort of place things. Mm-hmm. Um, and they have really interesting theories. You know, this is like 20 years before Oliver Stone's JFK. Right. Uh, about things like how would you have set up news events to cover things like Lee Harvey Oswald's um, scuffle in the New Orleans um, street right. while handing out um, leaflets, leaflets, pro-communist yeah, leaflets, pro-Cuba, as I recall. Yeah, yeah. yeah sorry. Um, um, so it's got like interesting sort of ways of of handling that stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it, but then what it does is like this is Robert Ryan's last. It's not his last film actually. He did a. It's God his, help him, yeah. Well, it's his last like theatrical release. He did a mm-hmm. film I'd like us to take on for Lee Marvin um, a few months after this, and it's a four-hour version. Oh, good boy. Um, directed by John Frankenheimer <laughs> of The Iceman Cometh. No shit. With Lee Marvin. Yeah, it's really good. Really interesting. Okay. Oh, okay. But anyway, so this is, it's got um, Robert Ryan in one of his last movies, uh, Will Gear. you recall it's Grandpa Walton. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, he has some really good 70s stars. Look at Burt Lancaster, of course, is in it as well. Burt Lancaster. Um, and, and so, but but like Robert Ryan, um, his character is, is, is very strange because he keeps breaking down and, and having... 
absurd conversations about how this is really all about keeping the war going in Vietnam mm-hmm. so that you can get a foothold on global eugenics. Yeah. And then um, also apply some of the, the eugenics nationally to right. like basically like the dark, the darkies. <laughs> right. Which goes and to poor sh- whites. Yeah. And poor whites. Very important to put yeah. that in there because otherwise, that would, yeah. I did, so there you go. I mean, that's the problem. You get a movie about a conspiracy theory. Mm-hmm. It's going so far into the potential conspiracy theory yeah. that it loses credibility. It loses all its traction right there. Yeah. But again, like the mafia, that's a good, that's a, for me, that's a better conspiracy theory. Or this would be a good conspiracy theory. Just don't go that far back. Yeah. Into it because you don't really know that part of it. All the way you you know, like I said, it's it's if you're gonna make it, make it like a documentary or or go fictional, go fucking bananas on it. You know, Seven Days in May might be a better like a JFK assassination movie than yeah. this movie was. And I don't like the way. And and this is also one of those movies where no matter how much I'm trying to pay attention to it, I feel like man, maybe maybe Tommy's gonna straighten me out on something I just didn't understand because <laughs> it you know like later on. But uh-huh. like you get to elements like go, like what's Jack. On the, what's on the what's on the Great British Baking Show right now? <laughs> Well, like, like Jack Ruby, like, you know, I've read about um, Jack Ruby and, and his sort of like Mobbish. weird connection. Well, the mob connection, the strip club owner in mm-hmm. Dallas, but his weird connection and exactly why he felt he was in trouble from the syndicate and, and mm-hmm. how what exactly that had to do with him uh, bumping off Lee Harvey Oswald. But it's almost like the way they handle it here, it, it, it's almost like it's so poorly acted, those, those sections. And the reason it's so poorly acted in relationship to the rest mm-hmm. of the film is you felt like they weren't even sure if they should be delving into it. Like, was it even important enough? Right. You could do this film without mentioning anything about uh, uh, Jack Ruby, except that he killed Lee Harvey Oswald. Right, yeah, absolutely, yeah. They're trying to tie up like, Almost no reason that, to put him in there. No, none whatsoever. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I don't really understand that. I mean, the, the, I think the element I found most interesting, the, the actor, and I, I, think, I forget his name, but he was only ever in this film. And it was the guy who played the double for Lee Harvey Oswald, <laughs> and it's kind of ridiculous. I mean, the acting was yeah, bad, yeah, yeah, but the yeah. concept was that Lee Harvey Oswald just went around making an ass of himself so all over people would all remember over Dallas. His face. Right, exactly. But yeah. he would always end some sort of confrontation with someone by saying, "Yeah, you know what? Remember, <laughs> my, my name is Lee Harvey Oswald. Yeah, Write right. it down. That's Oswald with an O." The Sheep Dip Enterprises. <laughs> Hand him a card. Like, yeah, yeah, it was kind of it was kind of nuts, and it's uh, it's almost like one of those movies where um, and I'll stop talking. I'm sorry, I'm, I'm, I'm babbling here but but um it's one of those movies where i feel like the 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 major value of the movie is not the story or the execution but the fact of its existence right okay that in, that in 10 years right. some major hollywood stars decided that they wanted to make this movie which is almost a little sort of like uh, could be seen as sacrilegious or, or unpatriotic because it's like you have these sort of head wound shots yeah. of a of a president that and died literally ten years, 10 years later, people had not. I mean, you can almost watching it. You could feel the apologeticness of it, almost in a sense, like watching it. It's really you could tell people hadn't hadn't recovered from it. Really, it's like our. It's like I have September 11th. I don't. I JFK isn't that interesting. McKinley, to mine's me McKinley. Well, of course, absolutely. Yeah. But um, I will say this: if you want uh, to read a good book uh, that that sort of involves this whole thing, uh, James Elroy. Stop. Don't no? it, that's not your story to tell. Oh, it is. <laughs> Sorry, go ahead. This is the whitest white man story of all. Go uh, American Tabloid by James Elroy. That's a that's a that's a fascinating book, and it's it's another it's another romp down the JFK experience. Uh, oh, know. this is a, this is the sort of modern uh, pulp writer, right? James. 
Yeah, James Elroy. Yeah. Okay, Although you know so what's funny is he's not actually as modern as we think. He wrote this like in the like the nineties or something like that, or the two thousand early two thousands. But yeah. um, but I think he's you know pretty. He's a fascinating writer. And this book, American Tabloid, is actually kind of a cool sort of a take on it. Did you so. read the Stephen King's uh, take on this? I did. And, and did I you saw like the it? TV show? Meh. No, I get Meh. it. Somebody from his generation, people just, it's its like its like me writing a book about going back and stopping September 11th for whatever reason. You know, or not for whatever reason, of course, but uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I love it when it's coming out of your mouth and you're like, wow, that sounds horrible and insensitive. Let me back that new, come back. Why would you want to stop September Well, so you didn't want to watch it. <laughs> Let me ask you that, Tommy. Fuck, oh boy. Look, it's over. You're not going to get in any trouble for this. Nobody listens anyway. If you could go back in time I would like to think this is the episode that fucking snaps it for us. Right here, people listen to this and then they post it, and then you and I have fucking people like walking in front of our places of residence and work with fucking picket signs. I would love to be picketed by name. All right, hold on. If you could go back in time several times so that you were assured you could go back again and stop September 11th, would you go back one time just to get a good seat like on a, a nearby rooftop and watch it? Ugh. But you, But you could go back again after it and then stop it from happening. Thereby erasing it from actually ever happening, but you get to see it one time, like up close, like here they come. That's weird. I guess. Yeah. That's sick. Sorry, Tommy. You're off the show. Oh, uh, sorry. Oh, uh, now finally you can do the show you've always wanted to do. Oh, the tea doilies and the the women who love them. Cactus Joseph, what do you think? (laughs) Mm, You concur? How prickly of you. Um. Anyway, sorry. I kind of like that. Thank you. So, executive action. Yeah, I mean, it's it's um, uh, let's put it this way. I am JFK. really, really hoping that this was was free on uh, YouTube. It was like public domain for some reason. Right. Oh, it, it, well, it deserves to be. And why isn't it? Oh. I might ask. Um, I was disappointed that I had to pay three dollars to watch this because it's it's just it it's only I would rather read about it. I'd right. rather read an article about why they decided to do this. Right. You know what I'd like to do? I'd take that money and go back in time and hang out with Robert Ryan and Burt Lancaster in a in a in a in a cool seventies house and just talk about our theories about the JFK conspiracy. You want to go back and watch a disaster? Go back in time to the conference room where they greenlit this movie. <laughs> Yeah, it sucks. Just watch good. it unfold. Just watch it. Just watch. <laughs> if you really want to do it and you, and you want to be preached to, because this has that quality of preachiness to it as well, yep. go go watch JFK. Oliver Stone's oh, and JFK. It, and it's got Will, such a better movie. It's got Will Gear. By the way, this is worth noting. <coughs> Will Gear, Grandpa Walton, being a, just a complete sh- shithead. Yes, yes. That's the old, nice. like racist. We like, all knew he was. <laughs> All along. What do you think he did to was Grandma there, Walton? Was, was there even a black person in the Waltons at some point? Um, I no, I really don't remember. Yeah, of course not. They were all good. They were all having good times. That's right. Yeah. Good times. Get the black guy out of here, Colin. Talking about dynamite. See, that's how. That's how Mr. Walton would have acted. Uh, very good, Tom. Very good. All right. So two thumbs down. Yeah, it's not a good movie. Sorry. What about this? If you can go back right. in time and warn <laughs> Roger Ebert. About his his jaw, his jaw, his yeah. No, I would not. 
Would you just make jokes like "Quit, John"? Which uh, just probably, he doesn't I just, get. I just want him, and and then like just after just after the jaw removal surgery, he suddenly like flashes back on all those jokes and goes, "Oh, oh no, Tom knew all along." And then you sort of nudge your friend and go, "Look, he's really surprised." And they go, "Look what you can't do." <laughs> <laughs> all right, and his and his partner Gene Siskel's like, "My head's hurting." <laughs> <laughs> have we established how bad a person I am at this point? I think we might have. All right, buddy. Um, so you go back and stop the <laughs> Oh, you go back in time and make sure this this episode never happened. Oh my god, it'd be worth it. All right, cool. Uh, right. Anything? Uh, nah, let's just end it. Yeah, let's, boom. Bye. Pull the plug, Grandma. Pling.